Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook Live every Monday at 12 noon Central Time. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. Girl Boss. It's one of those buzzwords that you see plastered everywhere, from bumper stickers to water bottles. In fact, one of my favorite nonfiction books is entitled by this word. While the term means well and it's owed to women's empowerment, In today's era, it's starting to lose its steam, and perhaps rightfully so, as the social conversation about the grind culture turns more towards rest as resistance, creating healthy boundaries, living soft lives, and being a pleasure activist. Is the girl boss mindset outdated? Ryan De La Garza is a gifted medium, guiding people back to their humanity through shadow work and her mediumship abilities. Guiding and validating people through their inner child work, Ryan shows her clients how to release being productive and embrace being creative. Humans are creative and robots are productive. Society has taught people emotions are in the way and that focusing on being busy leads to success. Today, Ryan is going to talk about the girl boss mindset, its specific impact on women, and the emerging shift away from grind culture. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I am so excited. I am too. I want to let the audience know that Ryan is more than just a guest. She is someone I have known for over, I'm really dating myself now, almost 30 (laughs) years. We were in high school together and we have since grown as people reconnect on social media and our friendship has grown over the past decade. And I have seen this evolution of hers that we're going to talk about more in depth on a broader scale, but I'm just so happy to have you on today because I feel (laughs) like this topic is so on point, not only for what's going on culturally with women, but specifically with your journey as well. So please share with the audience your journey to mediumship and how that intersects with the grind culture phenomenon for you. Absolutely. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. You're one of my favorite people. Yes, likewise. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that for me, how everything shifted is ambition was productivity for me. So I was a young single mom. I worked in law firms in the city of Chicago, and this was before remote work. So like my ambition was really rooted in like grind culture. You know, there were days where like we had a big case. My kids were sleeping on the floor in a conference room, right? Like I was picking them up from school, dragging them back to the office because I was so focused on the ambition and the grind and doing all of those things. So I've always had an intuition and it helped me thoroughly in my business mindsets, how I navigated the corporate world. But it really did break down when I was in the throes of motherhood and trying to establish a giant career in the corporate world in the city of Chicago. 
And I had a child that was born with a heart condition. I was trying really, really hard to like check all these productive boxes. The dreaded checklist. Girl. And I remember I had applied for this job and it was per the Federal Reserve. And I was like, mama, I made it right. Like Mm -hmm. they got to scan my retina to get in the building. Like this is top tier paralegal work. Right. And my youngest daughter went for her last heart surgery and there were a lot of complications. She was basically in the hospital for over a month. And in that time, I was in the middle of the interview process because I was about to start. I was their top candidate and they were like, hey, I want to fly you out to meet the AG. He's in New York at the time. And I was like, but I'm in the hospital with my child. And they were like, oh, no, yeah, we totally get it. We're going to fly you out in the morning and then we'll fly you in at night. She can just hang out with the nurses during the day. And I really was at that pivotal moment of what am I here to do? Mm. And like I had come to this crossroad of am I going to leave my child in this space by herself, scared, in pain, all of those things. And at first I was like, I'm going to have her siblings come down. Like, yeah, they can come and stay with her. Right. And then I was like, what are you doing? And I think that when we choose ourselves in humanity, it unlocks our gifts to become stronger. So in that moment, I sent an email that said, I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate and acknowledge all the effort that was put into making this thing play out. I'm going to pull my hat out of the ring. And the minute I did that, I set off like a chain reaction of embracing my own humanity mm-hmm. and rejecting grind culture. And it elevated my gifts and aligned me with a way different destiny and a way to have an income and a way to mother and a way to heal myself. So that journey was just really hard. <laughs> it was hard, you know, because I still struggle with letting go of Girl Boss. Like I just said in the intro, and it remains one of my favorite nonfiction books, Girl Boss by Sophia Amoruso. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's one of my favorite books. And there was a time in my life, just like you, where it was all about the grind. It was all about, you know, climbing this proverbial ladder that we were taught and conditioned to believe exists. And by us, I mean, everybody, everyone, yeah, everyone, but specifically with women who are mothers, we have to fight that balance. And you found yourself right at a crossroads with that exact balance where you made a conscious decision to choose your family over your career. And sometimes that decision can fly in the face of what people think of as grind culture or girl boss culture. Now that we're talking about some of those terms, what do you feel are some of the characteristics of being caught up in grind culture and being caught up in girl boss mindset? So I would argue, like from my perspective, it's definitely things like being productive, self-sacrifice for a goal, it requires you to be busy. You almost feel like you embrace production so much that sitting still gives guilt and shame, right? Mm -hmm. We see that on Mm -hmm. social media where on the weekend, women posting things like I should be folding laundry or I should be reviewing blah, blah, blah. No, you shouldn't. You should be being still because you deserve rest. Yes. And I think that, you know, the reason why I fight grind culture so much is because it requires things like shrinking and becoming invisible and erasing your humanity, like disconnecting your physical being from 
your spiritual being. It really requires you to shut off like feelings. So if you're feeling exhausted, you go get a cup of coffee with an espresso rather than take a nap. Yep. Guilty. (laughs) Everybody is, (laughs) right? Yes. And like, there's no judgment in that, but like literally the definition of grind is hard, dull work to reduce something by crushing it, right? So like, if those are the definitions of grind, we really have to release identifying with that because you're putting yourself, you know, through all of these things and it's harming you, but you've been trained to believe that like no pain, no gain. Mm -hmm. And like, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. And I think that there may be some people who hear this conversation because if I was listening to this even five years ago, and I think you might be able to feel the same. So you would say, there's nothing wrong with crushing your dreams. There's nothing wrong with being a girl boss. There's nothing wrong with working hard. So between hard work and grinding, where's that demarcation line there? How do we know we aren't overworking ourselves But how do we prevent ourselves from not working hard enough? A couple of things that I try to explain to people is hard work. It's such a tricky thing. Like we've been conditioned to think hard work is something that is required for success. But the world has shown us through having access to things. That's not necessarily true. What it requires is ambition, right? So if you can shift your ambition from being productive to being rooted in creativity, then you're being ambitious and creating, right? I'm not saying that you can't be crushing your goals. I'm saying you shouldn't have to sacrifice yourself to do that. Mm. And if you have to sacrifice yourself to do that, then you have to take a step back and ask yourself, what can shift and move? What can be boundaried? Is this for you? Does this bring you joy? right? Like there's all these nuances. I don't think people move at the speed of nature. The speed of nature is like you sit and you watch it form. We're just doing, we're just productive. We're just making it happen. So that's a robot, right? You're doing an assembly line. You get home and you're looking at your productivity and you're like, okay, I finished three projects for work. I did the dishes Checklist. home, right? And you sit down because you earn the right to sit down and watch one of your shows. But what if you were worthy of that rest without that checklist? Because what if in that rest, you're creating, your mind is at peace. So now your mind can start to think about what you need to create, right? Prime example would be, I was trying to be productive when I was preparing for meeting with you today. And I sat down and I was like, okay, so I'm going to sit down. I'm going to think about how I want to plan this out, this, that, and other. And I felt blocked. And I went, okay, that's not what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So then I went back and I meditated and I chilled. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, here's Mm -hmm. the talking points of what it looks like. And it's okay if it's not bullet pointed, it's more flowing because then it allows for us to feel what women actually feel in these moments. You're trying to be productive and earn the right. But what if you were worthy without having to do. Exactly. When we talk about worthiness, I think the idea of worthiness comes from the checklist. It comes from what you do every day. I will readily admit, I still 
swear by a checklist every single day. I have a checklist for home. I have a checklist for work. And I will say I do yoga every morning and every night without fail. Even if I don't do yoga in the morning, I absolutely do it at night because that first child's pose that I do where I lay my head on the mat, my forehead to the mat, depending on how much I did that day, how quote unquote productive I was that day, that's how heavy my body feels on the mat. And I have to remind myself, I can have this moment anytime I want. I don't have to wait until the end of the day to have it. And see, that's where that residual grind culture still impacts me today. So you and I, what we have in common among many things is that we have both been on spiritual journeys. We've redesigned our lives and we are making strides to become better versions of ourselves as we continue in this thing called life. When people who are listening right now who are like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but I have family, I have work, I have leisure, I have everything in between. How do these people, especially women who find themselves juggling these things, how do they find a middle ground between embracing the positive factors of grind culture and not working themselves into exhaustion? What are some things that they can do today to kind of sit with themselves when they feel that urge to produce coming on? The number one thing is I tell people, give yourself grace. We're talking about generations of indoctrination. You're not going to just be able to flick a switch and stop being productive and stop associating your worth with productivity, right? So if you find yourself having the urge to check some things off a list, you're not always going to win the battle. And sometimes you're just going to check things off the list so you can feel good. It happens, right? <laughs> Girl, right? from my cold, dead hands, you will take I me this. Listen, <laughs> I am not opposed to it. I think it's really about the balance. And I think that Part of it is releasing some of these things that have been placed in us. So let's say you're married with children, juggling all of these things. And you're like, how can I still be ambitious in creativity and get all my stuff done? Right. OK, perfect. So if you're married, then I would challenge you to ask yourself, is your partner a partner? And if they are not, then can you guys go to a safe space like therapy and push for partnership? And what I mean by that is, let's say you, God forbid, was to pass away tomorrow. The only thing that your household should suffer is grief. But if your household suffers a huge blow of like, he don't know the doctors, he don't know the allergies, he don't know the teacher's names, he's not on any of the emails from the school. And again, this is not gender specific. If you are the house manager, I challenge you to say to yourself, why do you get your worth from that? Is that an ego thing? Is that a society instilled thing? Mm. How can we get our partners to actually be partners? Now, that means complementing strengths and weaknesses, but not honoring weaponized incompetence. Because <laughs> I believe everybody has strengths and weaknesses, right? And like one of my weaknesses is I don't like doing dishes and it's rooted in heavy childhood trauma for me. So if my partner doesn't mind doing dishes, it's a win, right? But again, 
if I say I can't do dishes and then when I do do dishes, I leave soap on them or they're kind of dirty, that's weaponized incompetence. I'm trying to train my partner to do the dishes because I don't want to do them and I want my partner to think I can't. So it's a very different thing. But then we also have these structures because I hope I'm guilty of this. I have gotten ego boost from being the mom that was on top of everything. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I got the ego boost from the fact that I knew all the teachers, I knew the doctors, but the answer is I didn't create this family unit by myself and I need you, the kids need you to know what I know and not in a way where I'm telling you. I don't want to tell you on the refrigerator, there's a note with a list of the doctors. Sometimes I take them to doctors, sometimes you take them to the doctor, but the outcome from the doctor appointment should be the same. The doctor shouldn't be saying, can you call your wife so I can ask? Adding to that, we have to start asking for help. 1,000%. Especially women with children and spouses or even women with just children. We have to start asking for help. And that's something that I've had to learn how to do. And I think that that kind of flies in the face of grind culture, in the face of finding your worthiness through productivity. You find your worthiness through connection. You find your worthiness being personally connected to yourself. And when you're connected with yourself, then you know the areas. You intuitively know the areas in which you need assistance. So then once you accept those areas of yourself and you're connected within, then you can ask for help in those areas. Right. And release guilt and shame. There should be no guilt and shame around these. I'm not less than a mom because I'm saying I need a partner in this or I need, you know, my mom to help me in this. Like there's no guilt and shame in that. I'm not a bad mom. You know, things like I love this idea that your house should be like a museum. Like it tickles me because I think that people always try to spin things like, well, if your house is cluttered, that means that that's a representation of your mind. And I would argue if your house is like a museum, that's also a representation of your mind. That means that you are compartmentalizing everything and hiding it from yourself. Mm -hmm. Your house, especially if you have kids in it, should look lived in. And if you are in a constant busyness state, you're walking around trying to hide everything so nobody can see the humanity in it. And you think that it's your job to do that. You're just perpetuating this production and ultimately exhausting yourself for no reason. And that's what grind culture ultimately is. I'll rest when I'm dead. To come out of that and see it on the other side. And like I said before, to also still adhere to some of those ideals. Like there are some ideals of girl boss mindset and grind culture that I still hold on to that I'm working on releasing, but I accept that about myself. And I also try to extend the grace to myself that I would to you or to anyone else. We can extend grace to our friends and our family, to strangers. But when it comes to extending grace to ourselves, that's where we get the biggest hurdles, I think. I would go as far as like anticipating needs. I think that's so interesting to me. Oftentimes as mothers and wives and friends and significant others and in career, we anticipate everybody's needs, but our own. So like, it's the same concept of if I'm driving in the car and I'm running errands on Saturday morning because I work all week and I'm hungry, I will tell myself, well, I got two more errands to run and then I can eat. But if my three-year-old's in the back seat and says, I'm hungry, 
I'm immediately hitting a drive through. So why is it that I perform for her needs, but I put my needs on a shelf? You can argue it's because you're an adult and you can wait, but that's not really it Mm -hmm. because you've been trained that being productive supersedes the needs of your body and the needs of your spirit. And I think that that's where grind culture becomes so dangerous. But also, I'm a realist. I'm not going to sit here and tell women, especially like if you're a single mom, let's be honest. I was a single mom of four kids, back to back, off stair steps in my 20s. There were many a times where I was working two, three jobs, right? I'm not going to sit here and say to you, honey, are you being ambitious in creativity? Because I know you're just trying to take care of things. And there is no way for you to put things down without things suffering. And I get that. So from there, you give yourself the grace and you enact things that can be little things to help. I remember I used to come home and cook dinner every day for my kids because I really wanted to provide that sense of familial connection with my kids. And then when they got to be a little bit older, I was like, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do is we're going to buy things that you all can make for yourself some nights. Right. And it takes the pressure off of me and we can coexist in a space a little better where I'm not exhausted. So like there's all of these nuanced things that I think women really have to reflect on. Like in your career, if you have a boss that's exploiting you, right? Oftentimes everybody wants to talk about boundaries. I can sit here and tell you a great way to combat all these things is to set boundaries. But the reality is if you're setting boundaries in the wrong place, it doesn't work. Oftentimes women will set boundaries in places where we are confident those boundaries can be held. And we avoid setting boundaries in areas where we think there may be pushback or conflict, or we have to navigate some of our self-esteem things. So like, you'll see this oftentimes where I'm not going to set boundaries at work, but then I come home and knock everything all over about Mm -hmm. how everybody in the house needs to respect me more because I'm getting walked on at work. And it's all connected. And we feel sometimes if we don't express the grind culture at work that we do at home or vice versa, then we feel less than. And it goes back to what you said about tying in productivity with your worthiness. It was really hard. I think during COVID because I couldn't do anything but sit. Mm-hmm. And then like, where do you get your worth from if you're just sitting? You just constantly are like, so I'm a bum. And then you have to dive into that. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. That's not what this is at all. <laughs> right? Like, and you know, there are people who are smack dab in the middle of a depressive episode and they're like, I'm not being productive. And that actually triggers their depression more. It's all connected, right? It's all connected. Yes. Well, I could talk about anything with you all day, but I want to thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the show today. I'm absolutely confident our audience gained some good information here. Where can our listeners learn more about you and your work? So I do have TikTok, Ryan De La Garza. They can look me up. It's Ryan with an E. Or they can email me personally at Ryan with an E, De La Garza at gmail.com. And if any of your listeners are interested in a session with me where they can get down to doing some shadow work and some inner child work, I will offer them a discount because they're your people. All right. I love to hear it. All right. We will put all that in the show notes. So please be sure to check out Ryan and check out our information in the show notes. This is Kelly and this has been Love, Light and Lit, the podcast presented by the North Liberty Library. 
Uh, today we talked with Ryan De La Garza about grind culture and the girl boss mindset. Check out the show notes from today's episode to find out more about their work and resources. Also, please visit our website at northlibertylibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thanks for listening.